Good morning and welcome to a new season and a new uh, episode of A Canon Talk. We're formerly known as A Totally Arsenal Podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, Aiden. New name and new season coming in. Hopefully it's all going to lead to some silverware somewhere or ending back in the Champions League. Uh, with regards to the upcoming season, you know, a lot in the media have been going on about the very small budget that Arsenal is supposed to have. Uh, my take on it is I do think we have a bit more than the 45 million that's now, you know, being talked around. That that being said, I also do think our transfer kit is probably in the 70 to 80 million range, which, I mean, if you think of it for a team challenging for the top six or actually top four, because, I mean, at the moment we are top six team, uh, it's almost like it's still going to be too little because at the moment, almost like an average player uh, goes for about 30 to 40 million and already that's already taking, you know, a, a chunk out of your kitty. So I really think, I do think the media, look, the media are trying to spin things so that they know they get the Arsenal fans, you know, you know the, the, the almost like animosity brew growing against club and fan uh, fan base. So I do think the money is maybe a bit exaggerated what they are giving the figure in the media. But also I do think it's also probably 70 to 80 million, but as I also, it's not enough. For, for me, initially, you know, during the summer, I took your, or the summer in Europe, I took your advice of, you know, trying to stay off these transfer rumours and all this, because I started working myself up because it was very like rumours of the other clubs going in for players and we were kind of stagnant. Um, now getting back into the swing of things, I'm frustrated again because of the lack of transfer funds because it's not like we shot the lights out last season and, you know, um, covered ourselves in glory. I mean, we barely challenged, like, you know, the Europa League we challenged, but we capitulated in the final. And so the top four spot. So for me, I would have thought that there would have been some sort of investment already to get the team started and get the morale up. But at the moment, for me, my, my morale is quite low at the moment, looking at, you know, what's happening. And it seems like Emre could be dealt a, a tough hand again this season. That being said, you know, with, with, if you look at Spurs, when they, they never really had any incoming players last season, but they still did well. So hopefully, you know, if we can get to one or two guys, at least we can start building from that. So it's not maybe the end of the world, but a lot of changes need to be made with this team. I mean, I also think uh, there's also a, a huge breakdown at the moment with Stan Kroenke, the owner, and our current board at where because it seems we are given look he's somebody he's now almost like he owns us but it's almost like other than that he washes his hands with everything else with regards to arsenal so whatever revenue that we are generating that is now ours to spend but the, also that being said it's like it's also not enough so you're gonna need that sort of backing from the owner to say look we are pushing now for for top four to get at least into the champions because what what I don't understand is, or I don't know if, if he does not understand San Krunke, it's like the minute we can get just some sort of foothold, he can regain whatever he's loaned us, like you know, out of like say out of his own pocket. If he makes us uh, gives us like like a, a, a hundred million or a fifty million uh, transfer bump, like a loan type of thing, almost like what Roman Abramovich did with Chelsea, where eventually you are paying him back with whatever you are winning, you you know the winnings along the way or uh, whatever kit you get from the, the high position in the league. And then you should think down that route rather. Because I can guarantee you, I mean, if we get in that that, that uh, 
top four and we get already a Champions League slot, he can already make, I think, within just getting in the Champions League, you're already getting, uh, uh, you know, a rain of cash coming in. So why does he not, well, I don't know if someone needs to give him a sort of breakdown. Look, because look, with, with us now playing Colorado Rapids, his other team, on, I think, Wednesday, uh, we're going to be about 3 a.m. European time. Uh, that should also be something we, we I know there is a meeting being planned with uh, the board as well as San Krunkina to, you know, almost like to thresh out like what their aims are for the new season and what they also, you know, expect from the owner. So I mean, the problem comes down to him not being a, a, a football fan or Arsenal fan or some sort of, this is not like a toy to him, you know, like for yeah. Roman Abramovich and a lot of those guys like buying these clubs, you know, it's like a toy for them. Like, you know, it's a hobby, seeing the team succeed. But for Stan Kruger currently, it's about the bottom line. If the Arsenal makes him for X amount, 25 to 30 to 40 million um, pound profits a year for him in his back pocket, you'll walk away gladly with it because he doesn't care what happens to the club on a day-to-day basis. He just wants his money. No, but I mean, like, I think well, what's also the sometimes I think with the, with the fans also get confused. He owns us, but you know, with with at KSE, he's his uh, sports uh, franchise. But uh, one thing where I think where sometimes fans get a bit confused, he is not doing what the Glazers were doing to United. Like he sometimes he'll take some of the debt dividends that you get off like after financial season, but it's not. That massive chunks that you see, look, because uh, look, the Glazers were using Man United almost like an ATM type of thing, you know, where they could now take cash and then shift it from one place to the other. Whereas, yeah, yeah, we are just being used now in, by him by name, like as a because look, he uses us whenever he does, uh, when he buys something big, he uses us almost like a type of collateral to the bank to show, look, this is what we am worth and and whatever. So, you know, you can trust me if I'm gonna make a you know, massive loan and whatever. So I think, because look, he is actually leaving whatever money we're making, but as we said at the almost like end of the season also, if you think of uh, that conversation you and I had, somewhere down the line, I don't know, it was like the money is not coming through right, you know, to the right channels, because either somebody is overpaying themselves uh, or like at board level or something, because look, we already know what sort of budget we have as, as players uh, that are being, um, you know, that that's a uh, top, uh, uh, rank of players that we have, but I just think with look at all these players that we've now let go. That is a massive chunk of money that's now also freed up, like with concerns wages and things like that. So surely that, <coughs> excuse me, surely that sort of money should have been adding up somewhere down the line and in with, with regards to our transfer kitty. But it seems like you've got a small transfer kitty and then almost like a massive uh, thing for for wages because it looks like they can't pay anything for whatever salary. You know any top range player that we want to get, but it's not like that budget doesn't like like this anchor around the neck at the moment for us. Seems like uh, Kronke needs to play some uh, manageable in FIFA and move that budget wage budget allocation more to transfer so we can have a bigger transfer budget they should spend on players. Because I, I mean I don't know I mean I I was like, in the mindset of like that that uh, VJ uh, not VJ that Vinay and and Raul I thought they were gonna somehow. Not only steady the ship, but also give us that extra key going forward, especially with with that Raul Salnihi that that was at Barcelona. So I thought he's going to use that sort of either blueprint or mindset, you know, to take us forward. But it seems like they also somehow have their hands cuffed, or 
yeah, you know, they have the hands tied. And I don't know if they're not really telling also Krunky how serious things are. So it wasn't like they're willing to rather take their, their, their and I'm sure they're not being you know paid cheaply. And I mean, they're probably not really relaying the news of what sort of concerns they are with, at club level. Yeah, there are a lot of concerns. I mean, if you look at this current squad, there's a serious strengthening need to be done for, for me personally, you know. If I can get Fraser and Carrasco, even since Zaha is almost as expensive as a Leroy Zane. So I would definitely if they try to take, you know, Fraser and Carrasco to kind of bolster up the front line, then we need somebody at center back level. And for me as well, a kind of a defensive mid guy who can do help Torero. We need those four guys as a start. If we're not going to get that, I can't see us moving forward. And it's like we're going to be watching the same thing of last season, expecting different results. And I mean, um, with regards to the self-sustainability, I mean, for me, it's just not working. Because as much as we stayed within that FFP rules, I mean, everybody is now starting to blow us out of the water in the in the transfer market at the moment. I mean, you've got Aston Villa clocking up almost 100 million at the moment. You've got... Uh, Seriously? Yeah. I did not know that. I did not. That's scary, actually. And then you've got people like Leicester City that have spent within two weeks, they've paid... Uh, for Tielemans, what was it, 40 million and 30 million yeah, yeah. So they're, they're already up to 70. Uh, Spurs paid, uh, what was it, 65 million for that uh, Lyon midfielder. So, I don't know, something has to, um, some sort of, uh, I don't know, are they going to show it to, like, because you know, I think they probably have to show it almost like, in a type of PowerPoint thing to Sam Krunkev what is going on with the club. Because all of a sudden we've gone from, fighting for to get in the top four now we suddenly have to look, look over our back because teams like everton have also lining up to invest already and you've got <clears throat> wolves and i mean look leicester's already showing that they're not messing around so we really need to take this seriously of how things are going because i mean even us and united we're at the stage that we we starting to kind of really fall off the pace of everything even in the market and i mean look the season as we started yet you know what I find it funny? I know this probably was a close, but um, Chelsea, who have a transfer ban, I think they managed to sign Kovacic. Obviously, he was on loan there, but they managed to make him a permanent deal. But look, they, they even have a transfer ban, but they're still willing to cough up the funds to sign Kovacic. But if you look at Arsenal, like, what, what are we doing? Like, I mean, like you mentioned, the other clubs are going to surpass us. I mean, Chelsea have a transfer ban. If we can take that to our advantage and put pressure on them. I'm sure we can, and Lampard coming in as a new coach, he's not really experienced in the top four race. So you have Emre and Arsenal who have advantage over Chelsea now. Sign a few players, get the morale up and, you know, put pressure on Chelsea and you can have the top four spot. It's there for the taking. And you saw with Liverpool, once they got back into the top four, they kind of managed to start signing players again. And that's how you, like, start having your clout about to pool players and then the club, like you said, starts repaying itself. So as a kind of a cycle or a snowboard effect, which you have to get right from getting your players in. And I mean, another thing I want to touch on that we were now discussing a few minutes before, it's like, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, saying Kroenke could also save our season before it starts. Because I mean, just by pumping in some of his own money, you know, you're going to have like, also, this is also something I want to add now that we had like, you know, Edu joining up. He's now 
technical director and now Freddie Lundberg has also stepped up as first team coach with Steve Steve Bowl dropping to the under 23s as a senior coach there. So I mean you need to get you know get Edu and Emery the freedom to bring in you know genuine quality to let us get some sort of foothold to get just into the Champions League. Because I mean even if we just I mean I, I do not care if it's like even fourth position or whatever but just to get the foothold in so that we know okay we can bring even better quality in plus this is going to be a cash flow coming in yeah because because soon we can start getting frustrated every even though it's not his fault when it comes halfway through the season and we fall off the pace it's not like we're going to say ah oh, the board is going to be going to start looking at Emre and say well we need a new coach then to to get us to the next echelon yeah so yeah that's now with regards to that part um with regards to the departures, what did you think of? Well, you know, were they all expected as we discussed with regards to say Lichsteiner? Oh, okay, check. I I knew he was gonna. His heart was always gonna be Chelsea anyway. So I mean, he was no surprise there. But I mean, Lichsteiner with the club now not taking up that option, and now that Welbeck is gone. So all in all, you can see that in in various departments, we've now lost players. But you know, the the ones that we are in a way like hoping to be shipped off. It seems more of a tough, tough task to do that. Like, you know, with regards to yeah. Pete Jenkinson. I don't think from which stuff he, he do also be, be shifted off. I mean, but, I... But the problem is... Sorry. The problem is for me is that we, we're going to be shifting off players and it doesn't look like we, we're going to be replacing them at all because there's going to be such a big gap of players going out. And I mean, we are in the Europa League again, so there's going to be that... Um, Picture congestion again. So we need to also add to the squad. We can't just keep cutting players. And I mean, we lost the quality keeper in Peter Czech. I mean, you know, he was a bit aging, but I mean, he did his job for us from time to time. But now, you, I think you, we, when we spoke privately, you said we're not even going to replace Peter Czech. Yeah. Emiliano Martin is he's going to take over the number two slot then as well. And I saw um, on this football tour, Matt Macy's also came coming as number three again. So, then now that's going to all work out. Um, oh, nothing I wanted to add. Uh, with regards to players, now, I actually hope somebody like Callum Chambers actually gets a nod ahead of Mustafi. I mean, my opinion, now, of course. So, I mean, I don't know you, what your thoughts are. Like, you know, give him a crack at that position as well. Like, because look, from what I heard, he was doing quite well with Fulham at centre-back. And as I heard, they even used him as an emergency holding midfielder, which he also thrived with at times at, at Fulham. I was going to mention that as well. I was going to mention the fact that he also can play a holding midfielder because, like, I've seen Fulham play in there. I was going to bring that up. So, yeah, I, I would give him a crack, you know, give him a, a proper fair chance this season. I mean, I'm sure now with, you know, Emre maybe talking to him and, you know, maybe getting his mind right, he's gone out there, the struggling club with Fulham. And I'm sure he can, and I mean, I've seen him score a few goals there as well. So I'm sure he can, if given the chance, you never know, you, even holding could be the future of Arsenal's backline. So for me, give him a chance and play him ahead of Mustafi. I mean, Mustafi makes the same mistakes and he's a rash. I don't see Callum Chambers as rash as Mustafi as well. So yeah, if I was Arsenal, the other the day, was, they were showing again a, a clip uh, just before they departed for the United States tour. Uh, when they John Jules, that up and coming Arsenal uh, striker, did some sort of drag back trick and ended up sending Mustafi on a 
slide to, I don't know, we on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, <clears throat> I thought over the summer, things like that would not change to the game. And when you see him still throwing himself at people's feet and missing the tackle, then I'm thinking, here we go again. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about Reese Nelson coming in. I'm sure yeah. he can, you know, add something different. I mean, that's why I said you can get the Carrasco, Reese Nelson, and Fraser like as guys deputizing or playing around with a bombing and like I said, I do see them some sort of, you know, positivity going forward. But that's just an attack, though. I mean, like with with regards to the signings, I mean, at the moment, the only player we've brought in was a Brazilian youngster. Martinelli. I mean, I think he came in for about something like six million pounds. But I mean, again, somebody that's coming in very raw. I mean, look, he's got the talent, <clears throat> highly thought of by the national side of Brazil because he was even drafted in to train with the seniors uh, when they were preparing for the Copa America. So, you know, hopefully that was about as well because um, I think either last night or the day before, I read that Arsenal might send. Eden Ketia out to Bristol City or Bristol Rovers, which I think, yeah, Bristol City, uh, on a season-long loan, so that, you know, almost like he gets bumped up. I mean, I still believe we need a, a third forward, you know, the fit in that Welbeck role, and then I would have somebody like Martinelli as the, you know, the fourth or like fourth choice striker. The, the problem is trying to get the guy who would be willing to be third choice in this, like, you know, transfer market, like, you're going to spend probably, you know, 50 million probably on the third choice striker these days. Unless it's an up and coming youngster that, you know, has the talent to to succeed, like, eventually you'll be able to throw him in a game against, let's say, um, we're playing Newcastle, whatever. You know, you allow, you, you can allow him to lead the line and be able to find the back of the nest, still kind of like the Invincible squad or the Arsenal squad of old, where. You had even a guy like Christopher Ray chipping in on, you know, goals which were vital to the club. Or, you know, bringing a winger that can play in the forward role as well. You know, yeah, that, that could definitely work as well. You know, that can almost like an alternate striker if, if needed. You know, if, say, you want to rest uh, somebody like uh, Obama Young, like a Zit, and then you can maybe stick somebody up front, and then you, you know, you have some like Iwobi and Reese Nelson out on each wing. And you, you know, you, if you want to really, you know, freshen up the squad for like resting on them after, you know, that the games come so back to back to back. Uh, I just think, like, you know, we, we always talk about like our wingers and strikers, I think, but I think that spine at the back needs to be a bit more solidified. We got like, I always hear them say, you know, attack your strikers win your matches, but your defense wins your leagues and competitions. Mm -hmm. So we saw what happened with Liverpool the moment they got Virgil van Dijk in. They suddenly seem like it's such a... They don't even have like a proper, proper kind of defense. I mean, I don't know if Fabinho does a good job there. Mm -hmm. But once they got Van Dijk, they stopped conceding as much goal. So sometimes you just need to break the bank on a player, even if it's like now a centre-back, mm -hmm. just to solidify everything in front of Leno as well. I mean, Leno showed that he can be a quality keeper. So you get a centre-back and you have someone like Socrates who can play alongside him and holding as well. So then you have like... Like Liverpool have a fun dive, but then Lovren, Matip, and then even that Joe Gomez at times was playing next to um, Van Dijk. And they looked all quality players next to him. So we need something like that, unlike our captain who uh, wants to run away from the problem. Yeah, that's again another story now that, that also broke last week about 
Kosyalna that decided to go on on strike before the U.S. tour. But I mean, I, I personally, you know, I would have been sympathetic if the, the situation was different. But I mean, I just think the way he came out about it, it seems like he's trying to force the club's end. Because, look, I think you he's on a, a £120,000 a week contract. And I think he was pushing for something like a two to three year deal. But look, they want to do something where they're going to give him I mean, maybe a bit less than that, probably 100k or 90k a week, but also on a on a pay-as-you-play contract, which is, in a way, if you think of it, you know, even if he has a neutral, if you think of it, it is fair because there's a lot of games that he misses out, like chunks of games, and it makes no sense paying, you know, this sort of cash for somebody that's going to, you know, end up missing. I mean, I would actually do even the same with somebody like Mesut because somehow down the line, there should also be some sort of, you know, cut back with, with finances. Look, your job as, as a superstar is also to get us to say the, 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 you know, the creme de la creme of football, the Champions League. And I mean, if you can't match it, and, and, and look, we're now getting our third season into the Europa League. So, yeah, third season, yes. Yeah, so, somewhere down the line, you should also be somehow doctor money, like, of your, your, your bumper pay deal that you're on. Because else it's just sapping the club unnecessarily. But, um, like United's doing with, with Pogba and I think Sanchez as well. They're taking because of the missing out in the Champions League. They're kind of taking have to take kind of, okay. They are on absorbent wages, but they have to take a pay cut because of Champions League. I think it's twenty five percent. Because I mean, now that, that, that look from what I heard, Lyon want are willing to take Koscielny and offer him a three year deal, but they do not want to pay a transfer fee. They're rather willing to spend. Um, you know, the money is like you must either free transfer or there was also talk of him actually buying out his contract at Arsenal to free himself. So I don't know, but at the moment, the club has now also taken action towards the player. And he's now, I think he's, he's been ordered to train with the under 23s or face that breach of contract uh, fine that he gets. So, yeah, well, it's quite hectic. I mean, Emirates five captains is chosen. The one wants to leave. The other left at Ramsey. Mesut Ozil, uh, Opie the Czech left. Um, Mesut Ozil is really playing. And then you have Shaka, the only guy who's playing. But, you know, the fans don't really get behind Shaka. So, he seems like he's just sort of his captaincy issue now as well. I mean, I, I would personally also cut out this nonsense with this multiple captains. You're going to have... <laughs> I mean, I would actually like get, have myself a uh, club captain, vice captain, and that's it. And then you maybe have like an alternative, but you don't make it public type of thing. Because like, for me, it, it, it's not like we're becoming like a clown show because I'm like, well, we've got this guy and we've got this guy in this corner and this guy in the other corner that's going <laughs> to be skippers. No, it don't work like that. I mean, look at it's almost like that, that time, if you think a few years back with, with where. Uh, Wenger gave Walcott uh, the captaincy because what was, was this? Birth? <laughs> it's un- it's ten years. Ten years. It's ten years at the club, I think. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> can't do that. I mean, it's not, it's not like they're playing musical chairs with our captain's armband. Can't do that. Yeah, it's like it, it takes the prestige away of being captain of a football club. I mean, being a captain, you're supposed to be proud of it. You're supposed to, you know, take every second and then enjoy it and use prestige. But it's like, <laughs> It reminds me of that game where, you know, that 
pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> they just <laughs> they are like the cat like Emery has just been blindfolded, spun around, and he's supposed to just pin something. <laughs> oh, it needs to change. There's a lot of stuff, even from you know, in the squad level, it needs to change, not just top, like the whole club needs a, a top change and all and to filter all the way down till the eminent speech where we play on. So hopefully, and hopefully our waveform gets stressed as well this season. But I mean, I'm going to slowly, you know, also wind down this because look, we're going to probably have a lot to speak about during the season, you know, podcasting and all that. And I mean, look, pre-season, we're also going to be there for our listeners and that. Um, like my outlook for the season, you know, depending on signings, is going to be an uphill battle. It's not, you know, make do things about it now. Because I certainly don't want to go into, you know, a new season where the defense had lost us. A European final and woefully lost him, like you know, the 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 way in that final, uh, you know, the final state of the Premier League because we cannot go into the season again with a sort of defense or the you know, the whole makeup of it. So, you know, I, no, I definitely I, agree. I want to be positive. I mean, uh, I just hope we can, uh, you know, somehow push somewhere for silver away, even if it's small. I mean, look, it's going to be also again baby steps. But I also think that's now getting to a point now where it's going to be also Emery's last, roughly last season. Because, I mean, this is, he's probably going to be now last chance to loan for him. Because I think if he does not get us uh, the top four for next season, then I, I do think that's probably where the club is going to, you know, make that drastic change. So they, they put him on the two-year deal. And Allegra is on the market as well. Eh? He hasn't signed for anybody, so maybe he's a sabbatical. And sabbatical now, yeah. So yeah. So I'll I'll round off now. I hope you guys have a fantastic what's left of the weekend. Take care and till our next episode. Goodbye. Enjoy the weekend, guys. What's left of it. <laughs>